0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com.
2: Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, cobbles, from the land down under, this is the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast. Whether you're with the strikers, the stars, or the Sixers, you might be a renegade, enjoy the heat, love the thunder, like a scorcher or prefer hurricanes. Brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk. Tie your kangaroo down, put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun. It's gonna be a ripper. Big Bash 10.
0: Hello everybody, it's another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily. The first Saturday of the competition. We've seen two games today. And it looks like it's going to be double bubble for the Melbourne sides as the Melbourne Stars already won today in the first game. And uh, Melbourne Renegades on the screen in front of me, live as we speak, as we record, just require 14 to beat the Perth Scorchers. It's the 250th edition of the Cricket Badger podcast today. It's the first time we've reached a landmark without Dan Norcross on the uh, Cricket Badger podcast um, I hope he understands that we haven't invited him today in memory of him, if that's the right phrase. This one is dedicated to Dan Norcross in his absence. But joining me, um, he's just as good. We've got Ollie Prendergast, who is our Melbourne Stars, very happy Melbourne Stars fan rep. And joining for the first time, it's Michael Baldwin of the Top Order podcast, who is our Brisbane Heat man. We'll get to you first, Michael, seeing as you haven't been on before. How are you?
1: Big shoes to fill, uh, James, but I'm feeling great. Thank you for having me on.
0: It's good to have you with us. It's good to have an Aussie voice on as well. So uh, that's uh, that's all very good as well. We'll talk about a Brisbane heat as we go through this podcast. And Ollie, um selected the Melbourne Stars to get behind this time around and they've gone two from two.
2: Yeah, I'm a bit nervous actually. I think it's, it's too good to be true in some ways and... Um quite Excited that they've actually got some more players to come in as well, so it could be even stronger. And today's one was really convincing. I was really pleased with today, a bit worried about it to start
0: with. Yeah, the player of the match uh, awarded to Adam Zamprin. That will get to our blue crocodile cricketer of the match as we go through this podcast, or well, cricketer of the Match is as we go through this podcast. But Melbourne Stars 169 for eight, and Sydney Thunder never really looked uh, in the races today, 147 for nine. Marcus Stoinis getting the Stars off to a really good start with uh, 61 from uh, just 37 deliveries. Fairly early morning UK time, but I did get up to watch a little bit of it. Um, I dozed through it, I have to say, um, because I was tired. But uh, it was uh, good entertainment. And Michael, Melbourne Stars were the bookies' favourites at the start of this Big Bash tournament, and they've started in that vein, haven't they?
1: Absolutely, they have. They've been strong early on the Melbourne Stars. Plenty of talent there for... David Hussey, the coach, to work with. And it looks like they've unearthed another young, fast bowler in Liam Hatcher who's performed really well today in the bowling innings, picking up three wickets and looking pretty lively.
0: What's been impressive for you, uh, Ollie? Obviously, they're your team. You're sat there trying to uh, support them. But what's maybe been unexpected for for you? Uh, Michael just mentioned one of the bowlers there. But is there anybody that's uh, standing out for you that maybe is coming from the sort of left field?
2: Yeah, cartwright for me. Um, He got runs in the first game. And then obviously, he got his first bowl for a while today as well, and filling in because of the injury to um, one of the quips at the start. So I think that, for me, and the options they've got all round, I, I think it's, it's obvious to say Zampa and Maxwell and so but they have produced. But I just think the, the depth of the squad cause today, they, Nathan Coulton was not sector today and, and, and rested, and they still look like they've got so many options. And I think, yeah, it, it's a bit of a worry for some of the other sides of the competition.
0: We're all very excited, Michael, about Big Bash. It's filling a hole in our lives in these COVID times. But I mean, the one thing from from my perspective so far, we've seen, um, we haven't seen we have really seen a, a tight match, have we? One that gets down to the final over where both sides are in it coming into the final sort of three balls. We're missing out on that. And we've talked a lot about the rule changes. I don't want to have every single podcast about the rule changes, but I'd like to get your perspective on them because we've yet to see a substitute made by any of the sides in the competition. I quite like the kind of the midpoint um, boost points for being ahead after 10 overs and the power surge. I think maybe he's detracting a little bit from the first four overs, but maybe adding a little bit more entertainment down the line. How, How do you see it all?
1: It's a really interesting move by Cricket Australia to introduce these rule changes. And I think they've done it in response to a whole bunch of external factors rather than the play necessarily on the field. So a lot of the justification from Trent Woodhill and the people that have been putting these new rules in place has been to revive flagging TV audiences and while it's got us talking a lot about these rules changes I don't know that it will necessarily move the needle for Cricket Australia in terms of getting a larger or a wider Big Bash audience. I mean part of the beauty of 2020 cricket in my mind is the simplicity of the contest and the nuance that goes along with that Um, but I don't think this is going to really move the needle as Dan Bredig put it in terms of solving some of the wider problems for Big Bash cricket. But it's certainly got people talking. Um, I think I like a couple of the rule changes. I'm not sure I'm sold on the super sub. My only concern with the change in the power playovers is, is it going to extend that middle period of a Big Bash or a 2020 innings where teams are looking to wait and hold until they can really explode towards the back end of of an innings? And are we going to see that kind of extend from the 6 to 10 over range to the kind of 4 to 11 over range and try and maximise the last 5 or 6 overs of their batting innings?
0: Interesting you say that, Michael, because I think the the reason that those two rules were brought in was to try and stop those middle overs being stale and being the kind of jostling, jostling for position so that you can then attack in the final six. But like you say, there is a danger. It's just moving those overs to a different place, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you're right. And we've, it's only a small sample size at the moment. But if you have a look at the four games that we've played, only really the Hobart Hurricanes have been able to accelerate their innings and really increase their run rate over the course of the last five or six overs. So if you have a look at the Manhattans and the, and the run rate graphs of the four games we've seen, they've been quite steady through the back end of, of pretty much every innings we've seen. So I'm not sure that that, that particular change has had the impact that we thought it has. Uh, but it's only early days in the in the big bash yet, and we might see a change in strategy as coaches and captains get more used to the idea of having those power playovers up their sleeve.
0: Absolutely, I think that's definitely the key, isn't it? The the early stages, people are just finding their feet in the competition. The substitute rule, obviously, there's, there's an element, Ollie, of uh, jeopardy in that, isn't there? The first side to use it, if it goes horribly wrong, you look like an absolute muppet, don't you? Just before we get to that oh. point, um, come back in on that in a second. But four runs required. From uh, I think 26 balls for the Renegades, Um Sean Marsh is uh, steering his side to victory at the moment. He's at 61 not out. Roddy Russo has uh, joined him. He's at 15 not out. So they're on the cusp. Melbourne Renegades of uh, taking the win from their first game. They also got the uh, the bonus point as well. The uh, sorry, the Big Bash boost point at the 10 over stage. So the Renegades going to make it a Melbourne double today. <laughs> In changing times like these, make a change yourself, buy your own home. Still living with parents or renting? Why not buy your first property? Mortgage rates are lower than ever. Speak to Blue Crocodile. Blue Crocodile, yeah, Blue Crocodile. They'll get you the right first-time buy deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you. They don't bite. They're just straight-talking people like me. Give them a bell or go
1: online. Blue Crocodile.
0: But yeah, getting back to that point, Ollie, it's um, yeah, going to be interesting to see if any who, who the first coach or captain is to use that substitute rule.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And today, I'm absolutely amazed that, that Perth have gone in, but their two substitutes were effectively bowlers, yeah. which I think was the same today. Even after naming that, they felt they had a, a, um, a varied and balanced attack that they felt that it was a requirement to get that. I'm not sure if that's something that's going to change throughout the tournament and people become more savvy about it. Uh, and, and it's a bit like the, the power play, really, uh, the power surge. Teams at the moment don't know how to really use it and, and, and how that's going to tie out. It's almost going to take a guinea pig to try and make the best of it and people learn from the mistakes or the experience that they have. So someone's going to have to take the plunge but I'm not sure how teams are going into it and I think it's quite difficult to be, imagine being that substitute player thinking that your coach didn't come <laughs> to in the 11 but actually, oh, now we need you and there's going to be a lot of pressure on you coming in for another player on the side who hasn't been able to have much of an impact.
0: Two off 24 required for the Renegades. Uh, My team, the Perth Scorchers. They're my team in this uh, competition. I thought they were going to have a really good go this time around. Obviously, just one game. It's just one game. And they've got players to come in around Christmas as well with Jason Roy and Liam Livingston joining them too. But not the best of start for the Perth Scorchers. Now one run away from defeat. And it started off badly today, didn't it? With uh, 19 for 3 on this scoreboard. As you would say it, Michael, 3 for 19 when Joe Clark was dismissed. Perth never got off to a very good start and have been trying to play catch-up ever since, haven't they?
1: Yes, and that's the challenge when you lose quick wickets in the power play, that you're always behind the eight ball as a batting side. And particularly when you're batting first, it makes it very difficult to judge what a good pass score or a defendable score is in 2020 cricket. I think Melbourne Renegades probably did a much, much better job than we gave them credit for in terms of restricting uh, particularly the big hitting Colin Munro. to bowl him earlier is a real Phillip for the for the renegade side and, and they put the brakes on and didn't really let what is a pretty good Perth, Perth scorchers side get away.
0: So just takes a wicket there, Sean Marsh is out with one run to win. But I don't think it's gonna to make too much difference. Still twenty two balls left and uh, seven wickets in the hand. Ollie, the um what, what Michael just said there about the getting you know, getting off to a good start in the power playovers, I, I I got this sense that this power surge it may it may come out in the washes coaches get more used to it and, and teams get more kind of savvy with it. But that first sort of six overs in a, in a regulation T20 is when the batsman go strong and then it kind of settles down a little bit. Now it's four overs, but they know they've got two overs up their sleeve. And I just wonder if there's this kind of like caught in two minds a little bit, really. We've seen quite a few wickets go down in the, uh, the early overs at the moment. That might be just good bowling, but I just wonder if batsmen are caught in two minds thinking, well, we've got two overs to come later on. Let's not go too mad early. And it maybe it's just diluting the, the power play entirely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I looked into doing some research around um, what scoring rates were like around the world and the different nuances. And Australia is very different to the UK one, where at the blast, it tends to come a lot harder anyway. And obviously, there are bigger grounds. There's a lot of the grounds are bigger there. So I think the pressure on those four overs, in some ways, is greater now uh, and people are going for bigger shots earlier. I saw Marcus Storenish yesterday, the first, the, the second ball he faced, he tried to hit it out the ground. I know that may be his game, but I think teams will try and cash in, knowing that they always got almost a safety net. And there seems to be a lot more early. wickets. the ball; seems to be doing a little bit more as well, maybe in in, in Hobart, so uh, which was one of the highest scoring grounds. Well, it's it's so early to tell, but I just, I just think the dominance of teams, uh, the the winning the winning margins, as you stated earlier seems to be it is so great at the moment. Uh, we're not in that sort of close contest where the, the power surge really comes into play yet.
0: Richardson bowls a wide down the leg side. Fraser who came in on a hiding to nothing really had a bit of a swipe at it but uh, missed it. But it gets called a wide anyway. So the Renegades get home against the Perth Scorchers win by seven wickets in that set in that second game of today's play that's uh, 130 made by Perth never looked like being enough and uh, Sean Marsh has uh, well, nearly steered his team right across the line it's- bluecrocodile.co.uk sort your mortgage in a snap are you a first time buyer with your eyes on that dream house are you wanting to move or looking for a better mortgage deal let Blue Crocodile find the right mortgage for you deposit mortgages are returning if you need to know how much you can afford to borrow just visit bluecrocodile.co.uk It's probably a good stage then to have a look at our Blue Crocodile player of the matches today. Obviously across both games we just want one player. I would suggest that in the, the second game of the day obviously we saw some good bowling from uh, Per Scorchers. Kane Richardson taking three for 22, two for 29 from the the new um, fella who I struggle to pronounce. Was it Hatsuglou? um Who was bowling his spin and getting a little bit of drift. Two for 29 from him. And then Sean Marsh with his 62. Probably the the candidates for the Perth side and for the stars obviously as I mentioned Stoinis getting them off to a a really good start with the bat top scoring with 61 and then with the ball we saw wickets for Liam Hatcher three for 28 two for 10 for Adam Zampa who bowled really nicely in his four overs and two for 34 from 3.1 from Hilton Cartwright we'll start with you Michael and the Blue Crocodile cricketer of the match for you or matches for you Well, I
1: think it's the two opening batsmen, isn't it, really? Marcus Stoinis has picked up where he left off last season and and has had a really good start to... Big Bash edition number 10, and and he's going to be very important as the season goes on for the Melbourne Stars. So he gets my vote uh, for the player of the match in the Stars Thunder Contest. And as far as the Scorchers and the Renegades go, I'd have to give it to Sean Marsh. Uh, He's now firmly in the spotlight for that test opening spot uh, coming up uh, in a couple of days' time against India with that performance and also his really good performances in the Sheffield Shield over the last couple of weeks. So he gets my vote in that game.
0: And if you're going to pick just one for the day?
1: Well, I'd have to give it to Stoinis, really. 61 off 37, got the set the tone in what would have been a competitive contest had he been dismissed early. So Marcus Stoinis, if I had to pick one, would get my vote today.
0: Ollie, do you are you in agreement with Michael?
2: Yeah, really important. A, a, a large part of it, so really impressed with Marsh today. I thought he was batting really well. I thought he was really good to watch. I've only seen the highlights of Storynitz because it was on a little bit, um, a little bit early for me. You like lightweight. Yeah, very true. Um, but it would have, it would have woken me up if I'd have been, been watching it. It was, um, it looks like it really good innings. So stories, but actually for me, even as Zampa was named out of the match, I think he would have to be definitely be in the mix because One, I'm a bit of a sucker for watching, a bit of um, leggy bowl, and I think that he's getting better game on game. And to bowl in those um, difficult periods, and he actually makes it so interesting. They played it back. His first three overs for seven. He went wickedness. Obviously, he got picked pick up two at the end. So he's really been a mix. But it's always an an example for me. I, I probably would say it was, just because, um, yeah, it, it, it was it must have been so electric to watch absolutely live there, and it looks like it's absolutely brilliant. And he's he's changed the game that inning.
0: Yeah, it may, it may be rather boring, listeners, but uh, I agree with the uh, two correspondents to date: sixty-one of thirty-seven balls, six fours, and two sixes for Marcus Stoinis. It's where he scored the runs as well. He he was in first. He set the tone for the match. Whereas obviously, Sean Marsh was chasing a fairly low score, played very very nicely. But I think Marcus Stoinis just gets it to date. Marcus Stoinis is the Blue Crocodile cricketer of the match. Mortgages are simpler than you think when you have a crocodile on your side. Blue Crocodile, making mortgages snappy and simple. Visit bluecrocodile.co.uk, follow them on Twitter at Blue Croc Money, or find them on Facebook. Blue Crocodile. Michael, then, let's get to your Brisbane Heat side. I know you've listened to the preview that uh, myself and some of the guys did and um, before the tournament started. We had Brisbane Heat down to finish eighth of the eight sides in the competition. They're your side. W- were you in agreement with our, our suggestion that they may struggle this season?
1: I'd have to say so, yes. In American sports parlance, I think you'd call this a rebuilding year for the Brisbane Heat, and the keys will hopefully be given to some of those young guys, Xavier Bartlett, Mitchell Swepson, Jack Wildermuth and Sam Heaslett, some of those young guys. And we saw a debutant uh, last night in Jack Wood as well, the left-arm leg spinner, which is exciting for me as a, as a fellow member of the wrist spinners' guild. Uh, but I think you have to say on balance that the Brisbane Heat don't have quite the same level of batting talent that some of the top sides have, and they've got a reasonable attack. If you have a look at Lachlan and Steckerty, Wildermuth, Swips, and all of those guys are capable of, of bowling pretty well, and by all reports, the Heat bowled pretty well last night, uh, but they're just uh, probably one, maybe two, top-class, uh, top-order batsmen short of being a really competitive side against some of these really strong batting orders that are going around in BBL 10.
0: I think it's just something that go up quite nicely because they just didn't get enough runs on the board. They bowled quite well. And on another day, if they'd already got some runs on the board, they'd have been competitive. But they just didn't have the score on the board to exert any pressure at all. If you were Darren Lehman as coach there, Michael, would you would you go for something a little bit experimental, maybe get a bit adventurous just to try and eek something out of it or is it just a case of blooding some of these guys and getting a season under the belt and hoping that next year it'll be better
1: well from an English perspective I'd be hoping that um, young Dan Lawrence gets a a bit of a run for the Brisbane Heat, He, he looks like a real star in the making for mine Um, having had a look at him in the Lions tour and and then in the lead up to your English summer there. So from an English perspective, I'd be hoping that Darren Lehman gives young Dan Lawrence plenty of run. Of course, they're going to miss Tom Banton, uh, the Brisbane Heat, pretty badly this season. But hopefully Lewis Gregory and uh, Dan Lawrence can get a bit of game time in there. I wouldn't mind them uh, starting to, to... you know, skew a little bit younger and and giving some of these young guys a go. We talked about Xavier Bartlett. I hope he gets an extended run. I'd like to see Max Bryant, the young 21-year-old opening batsman, get more of a run at the top of the order as well. It looks like he's going to get a start at least to the start of the season. So I'd be skewing younger and, and hoping to build up some of these younger players, getting them some experience. And then, Hopefully next year we can pull off A.B. de or, or Tom Banton sticking around for a full season for us and, and we'll be a competitive side again.
0: It's just Oz Laurel, isn't it? They've signed Dan Lawrence. I think he's a I agree with you. He's a cracking player. He's been called up by England now to go to Sri Lanka and we will miss the, the back end of it. You, you wonder if they can maybe just rejig a little bit and Tom Banton maybe after some time out of the game... Could be encouraged to come back for the last few games and replace um, Dan Lawrence when he has to go to England duty.
1: Well, that's possibly a a, a wish a wish too far for the the (laughs) Brisbane Heat. I I really like the the look of young Dan Lawrence, and having Lewis Gregory around the setup will will help as well. Mornay Morkel and and Ben Lachlan will give them a lot of experience in that side. Malenko as well, over thirty, but most of those guys that will be rolling out for the Heat are all young guys, and I hope they get a bit of a run.
0: Going back to the uh, Melbourne Stars, Ollie, to finish with today. Two from two, they've uh, started off like a house on fire. They're bookies' favourites at the start of this competition, as I say. They've never won the tournament, though. And I compared them in the preview a little bit to Royal Challengers Bangalore. They've always had the stars, in inverted commas. They've always had that X factor, but they have never got across the line. Early suggestions are they've got things right this season, but tournaments aren't won at the start, they're won at the end. Can they sustain this?
2: Well... I really hope so. I actually um, really, really impressed with the bowling lineup they've got at the moment, and and the batting is, is has had that power with Stoinis and, uh, and Maxwell. They will be stronger as well when they've got some players coming back into the squad along with Pullarant to help strengthen the batting. I don't want to. <sighs> it does feel like Royal um, but it feels like a more settled and balanced side than uh, RCB, who used to just go so big at the top. So I think this is this has got the making of the side that. It looks confident, it seems, it seems on an outset, know, very settled, very, very happy the way it's going. Most dressing are happy when you're winning more games than you're losing. So I, I think that they will definitely finish in the, in the top four. I would be surprised if they finish in the top two. And actually, after today's game, I was a little bit disappointed with the Thunder, uh, more than anything. I, I, uh, I no, we talked earlier on the car about the heat. The heat caused quite a few problems. Uh, for the stars. I was a bit, bit nervous at some point, even though it was a relatively low total. So, actually, I thought today was a better performance, and I was a bit nervous having back to back game. So, yeah, I think they, I think they will be strong enough to go forward, and they've got so, so much talent in the squad.
0: Early days then in Big Bash 10, but if you're sitting in Melbourne, you've got a smile on your face, whichever of the two sides you are supporting, because victories today for the Melbourne Stars and the Melbourne Renegades have got the uh, Melbourne sides off to a flying start in the Big Bash. Thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk snapping up the right mortgages for you. Our sponsors of this Big Bash League 10 daily podcasts, bluecrocodile.co.uk Give them a visit. Ollie and Michael, it's been a pleasure to have you back on. You for the second time, Ollie and Michael, your debut. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you. My pleasure.
0: And uh, as the name suggests, Big Bash Dailies will be back every single day through the competition And that means we'll be back tomorrow. Adelaide Strikers making their tournament bow as this Big Bash starts to hot up. I'll see you tomorrow. Big Bash 10. Thanks
2: for listening. We'll bring you another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow. See you then.